0: This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Zan Dixon.
1: And I'm Lily Lukau. Tonight we'll hear about the illegal construction of a U.S.-Mexico border wall from award-winning journalist Kent Patterson, who has reported from Mexico and the southern border for close to 40 years.
0: And we will share ways you can become involved with our community event calendar.
1: Tonight, as we discuss New Mexico's borderlands, we would like to remind you that we are broadcasting on stolen indigenous land.
0: As always, we'll have some great music to share with you tonight. We'll start with La Bamba Rebelde by Las Cafeteras, a song that celebrates the right to migrate.
2: Ya no llores, Mi gente lucha contra la racistas. Contra la racistas, allá arriba,
1: arriba.
0: We have the pleasure from hearing from Kent Patterson, an award-winning international journalist and author. Kent's reporting has aired on hundreds of stations worldwide.
1: Now, here is GJ correspondent Jonathan Alonso speaking with Kent Patterson.
0: This is Jonathan
3: Alonso with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with award-winning journalist Kent Patterson. Kent was the editor of New Mexico State University's Frontera Norte Sur News Service from 2005 to 2016. Frontera Norte Sur provided a perspective that was not commonly found in most U.S. publications. Kent is also the author of the award-winning book, The Hot Empire of Chile, a history of the New Mexico chili pepper industry. Kent's work has also been recognized in numerous awards, from the New Mexico Associated Press Broadcasters Association, to New Mexico Press Women, and the National Radio Television News Directors Association. Kent Patterson, welcome to Generation Justice.
2: Thank you very much, Jonathan. Glad to be here.
3: Kent. You recently published a story about the privately funded border wall that was built in Sunland Park, New Mexico. Can you give us an account of what is happening in Sunland Park?
2: Well, first of all, for those of you who don't know where Sunland Park is located, it's a small city on the U.S.-Mexico border in southern New Mexico, right next to El Paso, Texas. It's in a place where the states of uh, Texas, New Mexico, and the Mexican state of Chihuahua come together. So it's really a, a trinational community. The people of Sunland Park uh, woke up uh, Memorial Day weekend to a big surprise. Um, all of a sudden, uh, they realized that somebody had come from out of town and built this uh, large wall, which is about half a mile long, 18 feet in, in height, in an arroyo on Mount Cristo Ray, which is on the edge of Sunland Park. Uh, Mount Cristo Rey is an iconic place for the tri-national community there. There is a statue of Christ on top of the mountain, and people tend to do pilgrimages up there. There's also an international boundary marker that's visited. Um, so this created uh, quite a stir in the community. People didn't know this was going to happen. Uh, the head of the Planning and Zoning Commission told me he had no inkling of it. There were questions over whether the permit was legal, uh, when it was signed, uh, those facts still aren't clear in terms of who was responsible for ordering that it be signed. Uh, the people who built the wall are with a group, a private group called We Build the Wall Incorporated, which is associated with uh, Steve Bannon, who is uh, President uh, Trump's former advisor, and Secretary of State uh, the former Secretary of State of Kansas, uh, Chris Kobach, who's well known for promoting a number of anti-immigrant initiatives throughout the nation. Um, And they raised money over the Internet to fund this wall. They claim they raised between 6 and $8 million.
3: Thank you. In your reporting, you write that the group We Build the Wall has applied for, for a permit for their construction on federal land. What have you found out
2: about their permit and the likelihood of its approval? Uh, one problem that cropped up was that uh, We Build the Wall Incorporated intruded on federal property. Uh, they built a section of this wall on 33 uh, feet of land that is managed by the International Boundary and Water Commission, which is a binational commission. There's a U.S. section and a uh, Mexican section, and they're responsible for administering the treaties between the two countries. Um, they need access to a dam that is built. It, the, the Rio Grande is, is right below the dam, uh, right below mm-hmm. the wall, rather. And they need the International Boundary and Water Commission needs access to that dam and, and a road that the wall builders intruded on. Uh, they did not have a permit from the IBWC, uh, International Boundary and Water Commission, when the wall was built. Um, that is still pending. It hasn't been approved yet.
3: Thank you. And the, what else can you tell us about the group We Build the Wall?
2: We Build the Wall, again, um, is associated with some high profile uh, personalities who uh, run in what's called the alt right or far right circles. People like Steve Bannon, Chris uh, Kobach, their frontman is a triple amputee war veteran named uh, Brian Colfage. And he is very visible as a spokesperson for this group on social media, particularly. Um, They say they're going to build more of these private walls, that they have anywhere between 10 and 20 sites already uh, marked out, identified Uh, the number changes according to the day. But um, they're, they're still trying to raise money to build these other walls. Right mm-hmm. And um, it appears to be part of a strategy. Uh, I think it's political, quite frankly. If you go to their website, you see them uh, promoting Trump, you know, for the election of 2020 for re-election. And uh, they're behind his, his anti-immigrant policies and mm-hmm. so on. And, and I think it's, it's a very political group.
3: Mm-hmm. And what are the local residents saying about the construction?
2: Well, people are really upset about it because uh, locals were, were saying that it takes them a long time to get a, a permit to build an addition to their home, for example, mm-hmm. right? And how is it possible that this group from the outside came in and took out um, or was able to build a wall within a matter of days? Um, and, and people are, have a lot of questions about that process and how it happened.
3: Mm Hmm. And so I hear there's pushback from local residents. But how was the response from the local government?
2: Well, the local government um, has had a mixed response. Uh, I saw a permit posted on the the wall that was built there, the wall or the fence that was dated um, May 29th, which was days after they had already started building. And it was uh, signed by a building inspector, although you can't tell exactly who signed it because the signature is kind of illegible. Mm-hmm. Um, while the wall was being built, uh, the mayor realized that something was happening. And that's Mayor Javier Badea. And he ordered it temporarily suspended. Uh, and it was suspended for one day. At that time, the supporters of the wall... Um, started inundating uh, the city of Sunland Park with phone calls and emails. And then Padea told the media that he was receiving death threats against, against himself and his family.
3: And so we hear all these concerns, but what about environmental concerns?
2: There are several environmental concerns. Uh, the Southwest Environmental Center has um, raised some objections to this wall. They, that's a group based in Las Cruces. That's active around environmental issues. And they've actually been fighting the uh, U.S. government um, funded walls that have been built in different sections along Mm -hmm. the border. There's been about 700 miles built, you know, since the administration of George Bush, too, in in different phases. So they've been opposed to those. and they're, they're against it for several different reasons. The director told me that one issue that comes up is the location of where this wall was built. It's on Mount Cristo Ray, which was contaminated by uh, lead and arsenic from the old uh, Asarkov smelter, which was located right nearby. That was shut down in 1999, but the smelter was open for 100 years and contaminated the mountain with uh, lead and arsenic. And he was worried about that getting kicked up in the construction. There's a possible flooding issue because the builders of this wall put a road along alongside the wall that uh, they want the Border Patrol to use. It's not clear if they have a drainage plan, you know, how the water might might drain off of there. It's it's an increasing concern in this time of climate change because the rains are becoming more and more in, intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're worried about the runoff that might come from there. And then there's the issue of the wall blocking the movement of animals.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And there are various species there. Uh, anything from you know skunks and roadrunners to bigger animals such as mountain lions.
3: Mm-hmm. So real quick, back to the, the permit process. Um, do you know if the permit requires we build the wall to perform any environmental
2: impact studies or s- assessments? That you're, you're talking about the National Environmental Policy Act that would kick in, uh, Endangered Species Act. Mm-hmm. Those concerns would would figure in with the permit that they have to get from the International Boundary and Water Commission. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I do know that they submitted, the builder submitted some information to the International Boundary and Water Commission on June 5th. But uh, the IBWC told them it was incomplete. And the last I heard is they submitted some further information uh, about the third week of June. But no decision has been made. This Mm -hmm. is a process that could take up to six months. But Mm -hmm. the important point to make is that this wall is already built. It's a fait accompli. Mm -hmm. So if they do grant them a permit, it's after the fact. And people like the ACLU have made the point that you know this is this is really rewarding lawbreaking, and they're very concerned about uh, people who can hold themselves above the law. Mm-hmm.
3: And I'm I'm curious what you think about the timing of all this—the construction really right as we lead into the 2020 election.
2: I think you hit the you hit the point right there um, that we are going into the 2020 election. And uh, this, if, if you look at their social media and their videos that they've taken, they had a, a forum out there a couple of weeks ago. It's very political and mm-hmm. they definitely want Donald Trump to be reelected.
3: Um, where else can people go to find more information about what is happening in Sunland Park and other communities, other border communities that are experiencing similar construction?
2: Well, you know, you could you could stay on top of the issue by going to the social media sites of the uh, ACLU of New Mexico and also the Southwest Environmental Center. Um, They've been following the the wall issue. I would like to make a point, though, that Sunland Park is in what you might call a news desert. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, In this this time of a media crisis where reporters are being laid off and outlets are shutting down. Places like Sunland Park are particularly hit, um, and then due to its geographic location, it's right next to El Paso, but it's in Doniana County, New Mexico. The county seat is in Las Cruces, which is actually further away from Sunland Park than El Paso. So the Las Cruces Sun News uh, is very spotty in its coverage of what happens in Sunland mm-hmm. Park, and the El Paso uh, media at times um, doesn't want to cover it because it's New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a lot of things happen there that, that don't really get out, people don't hear about, like this, this wall, for instance. I yeah. haven't seen a lot of, yeah. whole lot of coverage about it.
3: Yeah, and I will actually want to ask you about that. You know, we mentioned earlier you've been reporting on the border communities and the situation for about 40 years. Um, does this uh, strike you as different than what we've seen in the past? Is this, um, how do you feel about this one compared to what you've reported on over your years?
2: Um, I think it was definitely a very bizarre story that these people show up in, in the middle of the night, essentially, mm-hmm. and, and build this wall uh, that's quite large in a matter of days. Um, in terms of, you know, the overall perspective over time, I would say that one, one of the people from the Southwest Environmental Center, the executive director, uh, as a matter of fact, said that this wall, even though it's just half a mile long, represents death by a thousand cuts. And what does he mean by by that? That over a period of time, going back to the administration of George Bush 2, and even before that in certain limited sections of the border, mm-hmm. you've seen these walls go up. Mm-hmm. And there's about 700 miles of this walling right now. And it is having effects. In, in certain places, we've seen uh, disastrous flooding events over in Nogales, Sonora. Uh, the wall that was built there caused massive flooding on the Mexican side about 10 years ago. Uh, you've seen big sections cut off for animals. And I'm including large animals that aren't able to go back and forth across the border like wolves and jaguars. Uh, a mm-hmm. lot of people don't know that jaguars do cross into southern New Mexico and that, you know, they've been spotted in recent years. It's an endangered species, but they're present, you know, and they have been for thousands and thousands of years. So their habitat is cut off.
3: Mm -hmm. And real quickly, I just want to touch on, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but this uh, We Build the Wall said that this cost around six to eight million. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I just find that fascinating because I've seen I've seen the wall that went up in Sunland Park and it's really not that different from the fencing that currently exists along the southern border. Right. It's really it's there's really no difference at all if I can say if I can say that. But um
2: the only difference that the uh, that the at least the builders claim is that they used reinforced steel. They used a higher quality steel. So they claim that, you know, it's more secure than the, the US government built sections. Mhm. Um well thank you and is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, other than I think that people really should, should understand that, you know, New Mexico does have an important border region, places like Sunland Park are a vital part of our state, uh, part of our economy, part of our culture, part of our environment. And it would, I think people should pay more attention to what's going on uh, in our border communities like Sunland Park.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh, thank you, Kent, for speaking with us and for sharing your experiences, um, for Generation Justice, I'm Jonathan Alonzo, and now here's your hosts, Lily and Zan.
1: Thank you so much, Kent Patterson, for your words and your time and your effort in uncovering all of this information. And I want you to know that I really have learned a lot from you speaking today. I really did not realize how many border communities we had within New Mexico and how greatly this can affect them. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you for your, your time and, and, and listening.
0: And I would like, also like to thank you, Mr. Patterson, for um, sharing all your knowledge and inf- information um, that you have given to the community th- er, this night and for talking about the border and all these important topics. And once again, thank you for coming.
2: And thank you for giving me the opportunity to share the concerns of people in southern New Mexico.
1: To honor Kent's work on the border, here is Pa Norte by Calle Trece. After that, we will hear the Marvin Gaye classic, What's Going On?
0: Ser un emigrante, ese es mi deporte Hoy me voy para el norte sin pasaporte, sin transporte A pie con las patas, pero no importa Este hombre se hidrata por lo que retrata mi pupila Cargo con un par de paisajes en mi mochila Cargo con vitamina de clorofila Cargo con un rosario que me vigila Sueño con cruzar el meridiano Resbalando por las cuerdas del 4 de Aureliano Y llegarle tempranito Welcome back to Generation Justice. It's time to share some exciting social justice events in Burque. We are sharing information this evening on ways that you can be involved, take action, and stand in solidarity with people of color in our community tonight.
1: First up is Women of Color Open Mic Night, featuring Dine poet Taylor Harlan. This event takes place at El Chante Casa de Cultura. It's an open mic event for narrative shift and healing for all.
0: I know the address is 804 Park Avenue, Southwest when will that be?
1: It's Thursday, July 25th from 6 to 8 p.m. For more information, folks can visit Women of Color Open Mic on Facebook.
0: Awesome. I heard there's another event coming up on El Chante even sooner. What's that about?
1: The next event at El Chante is Yache, Circulo de Mujeres. This women's group meeting is for healing, building power, and unity. Wow, I need to know when this is. So many people may be interested in attending.
0: This event will be held Sunday, July 21st from 1 to 3. Again, the address is 804 Park Avenue Southwest. For information on this and other events at El Chante Casa de Cultura, please call 505-400-3635.
1: On Saturday, July 20th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., the Citizenship, Civic Engagement, and Community Resource Fair will take place at Los Doranes Community Center.
0: The fair is hosted by 10 powerful community organizations. OLAY, New Mexico Immigrant Law Center, the New Mexico Asians Family Center, El Centro de Igualidad y Derechos, City of Albuquerque,
1: Partnership for Community Action, Santa Fe Dreamers Project, State Bar, of New Mexico, Encuentro, and New Mexico Dream Team.
0: That's right. It's a chance to speak with immigration attorneys, learn about your rights, and about the 2020 Census. Immigration attorneys will take walk ins from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. to answer questions about citizenship.
1: Again, this is held at Los Doranes Community Center. For more information or to make an appointment, call 505 247 1023.
0: Again, or Lily, another amazing event to share is a presentation on the cultural importance of modern Hawaiian hula at Kalakapu Polynesian Dance School, located at 2500 San Mateo Place, Northeast.
1: This presentation will highlight modern hula and its connection to all aspects of nature and supernatural events. It's been said that hula plays a large role in keeping the culture, history, and mythology of ancient Hawaii alive.
0: Attendees should note that there will be no hula instruction. This event is happening Saturday, july twentieth from 1.30 to 3 p.m. For info, contact Lehua Lopez at 808 315 688 or email 88 h-a-l-e at gmail.com
1: We hope you've enjoyed our community calendar and these next GJ jams. Here is Humanidad by Anna Tijo and more than a refugee by Alex Boy.. <laughs>
3: Estar contigo para mí es humanidad, es un presente que me acuerda de humanidad, vivir cada momento en simple humanidad, que soy parte del todo y de esta humanidad. Estar contigo para mí es humanidad, es un presente que me acuerda de humanidad, vivir cada momento en simple humanidad.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this hour of community action. We'd like to thank our guest, Kent Patterson, and thank you to our interviewer, Jonathan Alonzo.
1: Tonight's Hour of Radio was produced by Kateri Zuni and Roberta Rael.
0: We want to give a big shout-out to all of our youth producers. We cannot do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners.
1: Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud and iTunes.
0: We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
1: Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation with additional funding from the Con Alma Health Foundation and, of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate.
0: Our opening song is Youth of a Nation by P.O.D. I'm Zan Dixon.
1: And I'm Lily Lukau. Good night. Good night.